0: Hey everyone, it's great to be with you. I'm sad that I can't be with you in person, but through the wonders of technology, at least I'm here on screen. And in fact, if you're in the morning meeting, I'll be watching along on YouTube. So I'm here, I'm watching you, well, watching myself right now, which is weird, but I'm cheering you on. I'm so excited for those of you who have got baptised. And in fact, for those of you who have come along today and have never potentially seen a baptism before, I wonder if you're thinking, what on earth was all that about? It is, in some ways, a bit of an odd thing, but I hope you found Tim's explanation video earlier helpful. And right now, as we dive um, back into our series on the good news, the good news about Jesus and about the Christian faith, I'm hoping that as I share from the Bible today that you'll understand a little bit more about why these three have got baptised today. Because baptism is a response. These guys, Tom, Ellen and Pamela, didn't just kind of randomly go, oh, I know, I think I'm going to get baptised, but they were responding to something. They had seen something so beautiful, so remarkable, some sort of treasure that was so valuable in their life, that they realised that they wanted to respond to that. And what they were responding to was the beauty of God and his kingdom. Today, we're going to look at two tiny stories from the Bible they're called Parables. And they are about two guys who recognise the value in something um, that's presented to them. And this happened to me recently. I thought that I had understood the value of something. Our broadband deal was coming to an end and I had a door to door salesperson who turned up and she said, "Oh, we can offer you X, Y and Z. And I thought, yeah, it's pretty good. I'll probably go for it. And then the cherry on top was she went, you can have an Amazon Aero Um, router and mesh system thrown in and I was like yes they're so valuable and I was looking at buying something like that for our house where the broadband doesn't reach the back. and I was like hey I'm in cut a long story short a couple of weeks later because of a failed order I had to go back through and re redo the order and the second time the sales team said no that's not included and I had been missold sold this product I was gutted but I knew the value of that thing. And in today's story, as we're going to see, this thing is incredibly valuable, but there's no misselling, which takes place. So let's just jump right in. I'm going to read now from Matthew. It's a book in the Bible, Matthew 13, verses 44 to 46. And the word should appear as I read. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought a field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. So here we have two parables. For those of you who are like, don't know what a parable is. My best suggestion for you is go to YouTube, type in Youth Takeover on the Citygate YouTube page. And there you'll find Noah give you an awesome example and explanation as to what a parable is. But for now, to pot it up, it's essentially a Bible story that explains a biblical truth. So it's a story, a made up fictional story that explains a truth that we find in the Bible. But here we see that there's two. They are repeated. It's the same kind of story repeated side by side. Often in the Bible, When things are repeated, it tells us that something significant is happening. So this morning, we know that what we're delving into here in the Bible is really important. There's biblical difference. There's sorry, there's differences here and there are similarities. So, of course, when you let the youth leader do a preach and there's similarities and differences, what does he decide to do but play Spot the Difference? And as much as I joke about playing Spot the Difference, It's a really important biblical thing to do. For those of you who read your Bible regularly, let me encourage you. If ever you find that there are two stories that make you think about um, the other one because of a similarity, then put them side by side and read them. Two things in the Bible, read them together. See what are the things that are similar? What are the things that are different? And you might find that something jumps out off the page at you. So this morning we are going to start with the differences. And my first difference today is this. One of the stories had treasure and the other one had a pearl. If you've got that, you can give yourself a pat on the back, give yourself a round of applause. Hey, you can shout in the room if you want. That's absolutely fine. Um, Except it's not really a difference. Great. Off to a flying start here, aren't we? So in one story, a man finds treasure. In another one, a man finds a pearl. The truth of the matter is behind both of those objects is the value in those items. It doesn't matter that those items are different. That's not the point of this story. The point is how valuable those things were. So really, that difference is actually a similarity. So I'm sorry. I know we're playing spot the difference so far. We found a difference. And I've just cut you guys right down and told you that actually it's not a difference. It's a similarity. But... As we look at these stories, and as I looked more and more in preparing this for today, I realised there's actually quite a large difference in these two stories. In one of them, we have a man who's randomly wandered into a field and found treasure. And in the other, we have a man who is intentionally seeking for pearls and is therefore in a shop or in a market and has found a pearl. Profound. You may not think so. But remember, this story was being told to people in about 30 to 33 AD. So we've got to view this story in the way they would have viewed it. The truth of the matter is the first story was probably a bit far fetched. Land in those days was mostly worked as farmland if people owned it. They might own it to buy, to build something on it. They might own it to put a tomb on it or something like that. But most land was probably farmland that was these guys were thinking of that would have heard this story. And therefore, the ground was often worked. It would have been worked by the landowner or by the farmer. It would have been ploughed. It would have been turned over. So the chances... Uh, For one thing, a guy just randomly wandering through somebody else's crops is random. It's a bit far-fetched. And also the chance of just stumbling across valuable treasure, to the listeners, that was probably fairly far-fetched. You then contrast that with a man who's intentionally seeking out pearls. He's looking for these things and he finds what he's looking for. They're two quite different stories. One is random. The other one is intentional. So what's the point in this difference? Well, What that tells me is that a valuable thing, the message of Christianity, this treasure that we're looking at today, the good news of Jesus Christ is open and accessible to everyone. Some people ask loads of questions on their journey to faith. They're seeking it out like the pearl hunter. They want to know something, uh, what is missing in their life. For others though, you may have been dragged here today to support those who are getting baptised. You might be here because you're like, oh, every week my other half brings me along. I don't know what I'm doing here. You're like a man randomly wandering through a field. Let me tell you that today your ears need to be attentive because you might just stumble on some treasure. So we've spoken about the differences in these stories. But I keep talking about this treasure that we spoke about at the beginning, and that's the similarity. The similarity that we start to see in this story is the kingdom of God. Or you might have heard me refer to it already as the kingdom of heaven. For those of you who study the Bible a lot, I just want to say that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the same thing used interchangeably throughout the New Testament. There's a reason for that. Next time you see me, you can grab me and ask me about that, but I'm not going to go into it now. But there's a concept about God's kingdom. And it's this, it's that those who consider themselves, uh, sorry, those who believe in God are living in God's kingdom. They come under God's rule, God's reign, God's authority and God's kingship. Let me explain it like this, because my wife and I have been watching The Crown recently. And as citizens of the United Kingdom, we come under the Queen's rule. We know that in theory, in practice, you probably never do this. In theory, the Queen could dissolve Parliament, pick up all of the power back to her crown. And she could set any rules, any decrees, any laws. She could give us more freedom, more liberty. She can do any of those things because we come under her rule. For Christians this is true of god let's put it this way christians often refer to themselves as being citizens of heaven what does that mean well as citizens sorry as christians the beauty of the kingdom of god is this is that we don't just live in the united kingdom we don't just live here under the speed limits under the rules under the taxes we've got to pay, enjoying um, freedom of speech, enjoying a fairly good welfare system and watching economic problems that are coming up on the horizon. No, the beauty of the Christian faith and being citizens of heaven is this. It's that we come under God's rule and reign. As we heard earlier in Tim's baptism video, when you become a Christian, you die to yourself that act of going down into the water, being, if you will, buried with Christ. Your earthly citizenship dies, really, and as you are raised back out of the water, you are raised and your first and foremost credential is being a citizen of heaven. You are God's son or daughter. And that is a beautiful thing, coming into the kingdom like that but why is this beautiful why is this beautiful well it's beautiful because we've been brought into a kingdom which is built around jesus the king of that kingdom jesus came to this earth to show us what his kingdom is like he walked on this earth he healed the sick he he um freed those who were oppressed. And he came and he showed us that there is a better life that he intends for us to live as his subjects, living in his kingdom. And it's cheesy, but this is a kingdom that is built all around love. In fact, as I was preparing this, I felt reminded of another parable that we found in the Bible. It reminded me of this story that talks about another great treasure and value that's to be found. And it's, this story is found in Luke 15, verses 8 to 10. And I'm going to read it now. Suppose a woman has 10 coins, but she loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. Ready for the best bit? In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels over one sinner who repents. I absolutely love this because it is another reason why the kingdom of God is a beautiful thing. God places so much value on us. He places value on you, on your life. Do you see, in the first stories that we heard today, we are the ones doing searching. We're like the pearl hunter or like that man who's walking through that field and find the treasure. We stumble across Jesus and across his kingdom, which is a beautiful thing. And it's so valuable that we'll give up everything for that, for Jesus. Yet why do we do that? Because as we've just heard God is on the hunt. He's on the hunt for us. As the woman lights a lamp and she carefully searches, so God knows the value of each of us. He knows the value that he's placed upon your life and God is searching for you. In fact, God was so avid about searching for you that he came down from heaven in the form of Jesus perfectly man and perfectly God that is another beautiful thing imagine this imagine Queenie if I'm allowed to call her that steps out of Buckingham Palace and comes to live in your house for a few years how amazing would that be she would experience each of your highs and lows she would know what it feels like to be you When you then spoke to her, you would not need to give her backstory and context. She would know it all already. That's a beautiful thing. And that's how it is for those who are citizens of heaven. That is how we relate to our king. Because, yes, our God is entirely holy. He's entirely pure. He is absolutely righteous. And yet he is approachable. He understands and he is compassionate to everyone who would seek after him. That is an amazing treasure. And yet the similarities in these two stories don't stop there. There's another aspect and it's this. It's the cost. Because there is a cost to following Jesus. Both of the men in, these sto- in the stories at the start, they sold everything to have this treasure. But why? In the story, the, the um, guys clearly knew the value of what they had found. It's, it's almost as if they had totted up, kind of, this is my life now, I've just found this treasure, And if I if I sell everything and buy that, I know that in future there is more to come. There is far more to come. And it's the same for Tom, Ellen and Pamela, who have gotten baptised today. They they have weighed up all of their life up until the point of becoming a Christian. When they found the treasure in their head, they went, all of my sin all of the bad stuff I've done, even my best act on my best day, it's not enough. It's not enough to become a kingdom of heaven. A citizen of heaven, sorry. So what is? And the answer is death. Like Tim said earlier in that baptism did video, dying to ourselves Dying to our old ways of life so that we can be raised with Jesus as new creations. The contrast of an old life of sorrow now to a new life of joy is worth giving up everything for. Because that's the treasure. Just like the men in the story who sell not something, but everything. But it is costly, not just now, but going on. For those of you who've been baptised, it is going to continue to be costly. Why? Because Satan doesn't like the treasure that you have acquired and you are chasing after. To those who call themselves citizens of heaven today and have been so for some time, let me ask you, where are you counting the cost of following Jesus? How are you counting that cost daily? What does it mean? for you to be following after Jesus, when was the last time you had a hard decision to make because it was costly? For me, one very small thing I'm experiencing at the moment, and this is very small, and this sounds petty, but is getting out of bed in the morning for my quiet time. My alarm goes off at six, and because the weather has changed, because it's darker now, I don't, I genuinely don't want to get out of bed. I'm like, oh, I have to get myself up and out of bed. It's a really small cost. Why am I doing it? Because I know that investing in my relationship with Jesus is the best thing to do. That is the treasure. But there's a cost to getting up. And I know that if I can follow Jesus in the small things, then when the big things come, I can follow him and I will pay the cost to follow him in the big things. We're going to have some time to respond to this in a little while. But let me encourage you, if you are counting the cost and you are struggling with it and suffering from it, it is worth it. Look again at the treasure that we have. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Remember that your citizenship in heaven is so much greater than anything this world can offer. And know this. God understands the cost. It all sounds a bit heavy. So let me talk finally about joy. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says this, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That's talking about Jesus. For the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. And this is our example even heading to death, Jesus Christ knew that the treasure was worth the cost. It's the same um, this morning. Have you noticed how joy filled the place has been during these baptisms? I know that's what it will have been like. And not one of the three people who got baptised at Bournemouth and the one chap who's getting baptised at Southbourne today. No one was dragged into that position, kicking and street screaming. No, instead, all of these people who got baptised have done it. How? They've done it joyfully and willingly. Similarly, the story tells us us that the man who found the the treasure went and sold everything. How? Joyfully. For the joy within him, he went and sold everything he had. Why? Because he knew the value of what he had found, that it would transform his life. And this filled him with joy. And these three who've been baptised know the pleasure of Jesus Christ and know that the treasure they have found in having that new king is worth everything. It is a beautiful treasure. So as the band come back up, I want to offer a few thoughts from what I've said today. The first is this. Have you heard something which you consider to be valuable today? Have you heard something for the first time that makes you think that the message of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, God's rule and reign and our ability to become citizens of that, that that sounds like treasure to you? That sounds too good to be true. Let me tell you, it is. It is absolutely true. It's not too good to be true. It's true. And you can respond to that today. You can respond when we give a moment for you to do so after we've sung in just a moment. Is your next step to die to yourself and to give your new life to Jesus Christ? It will absolutely be worth it. And if you've already given your life to Jesus, again, let me ask you, how are you counting the cost? Are you counting that in a big way at the moment? Do you need somebody to come and stand alongside you and pray for you and encourage you so that you can know the joy of heaven over you as you count the cost? And if you will, as you suffer for Jesus and for others of you, Are there areas of your life where you know that actually you have too much control and you need to give that up to Jesus. You need to count the cost of following Jesus again. Well, if any of that resonates with you, we're going to take a moment to sing again now. We're going to sing and praise our amazing treasure of Jesus Christ. But after that, the host will help us. The host is going to help us have a time of prayer over by the prayer banner. And if any of those things resonate with you then please let me encourage you, get out of your seat today, count the cost and find the joy of following Jesus, this amazing treasure who we have the pleasure of serving.